Welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to talk with friends to get your game goodness each and every Monday. My name's Dylan White, and joining me on the couch this week, Ashley Hobley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here and excited to start another exciting not E3 season. Me too, buddy. Me too. Also here, Kira Munchen. Hi, I'm here to talk about a bunch of happy things that happened this week um, and non-E3 happening. This week we're going to be talking about non-E3 happening in just a second. I've been playing LEGO 2K. ASOS Rock Alley's finally coming out. Kieran's upset because Overwatch is fucked as and we've been playing some video games. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about non-E3 first. Uh, I've finally put together the now what seems like yearly tradition of a article that I'll be updating on ExplosionNetwork.com for the events of uh, everything from June to uh, opening light live at Gamescom, which is in August. I know that is a very long, obviously it's a couple months, but every year it just seems to be that same couple months is the, that's the non-E3 period. E3 used to be a week. Now it's a couple months. Uh, so let's go through and talk about what's happening, when it's happening in Australian times and all this sort of stuff, just so everyone knows uh, and talk a little bit about what people are looking forward to the most from this. And if they're excited for this year's non-E3 period, because there are a few reasons you should be, I guess. Of a note, a little asterisk on this, not included in this article, this week's upcoming PlayStation Showcase, which is happening on Thursday. Thursday. Um, an hour-long massive thing. We expect big things from PlayStation. Uh, not included in the non-E3 schedule because they've just snuck in prior to June. So I officially ruled it not part of non-E3. PlayStation loves to disassociate themselves. And that adds up. All right, so June. I don't know. I feel like it should be the start of non-E3. No. PlayStation's like, we're not part of that shit. I mean, they've, so. they said they're part of Summer Games Fest. So. Yeah. Not the showcase. Uh, June, first thing happening, MetaQuest Gaming Showcase is happening on, I'm going to say everything in Melbourne times. The article has everything in all of the country's times. I mean, all of the state times. So. <laughs> uh, Friday, 2nd of June, 3 a.m. I will not be waking up to watch this, but I am keen to find out what's going to be announced at the MetaQuest Gaming Show. Uh, will they announce a new headset? Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Who's will they launch hope- Metaverse? Will they launch Metaverse? No, they just cancelled it. Uh, hopefully, there should be some cool games, don't though. Obviously... It. I don't know, Beats Over 2. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. But uh, some cool VR, VR stuff will hopefully come out of this one. Then on Thursday, the 8th of June at 3 a.m. Again, I will probably not be waking up for this one, but Keen, uh, we've got the mix partnering with Black Voices of Gaming and Dames for Games, putting on another Guerrilla Collective uh, showcase. Previous years, this has been several days, several things. This year, they're actually doing a live um, sorry, an in-person event in Los Angeles, I believe, for people to attend and play some of the games and stuff like that, which is really cool. Um, so I went on the website, and of course, you could, like if we lived in America, you could, you know, or Will's Millionaires, like you could fly over to America and attend the show and all that sort of stuff, and there's going to be a bunch of really cool indie games there. So keen to see people be actually get hands-on with some of the stuff. But previously, in, in, in years past, Lots of really surprising, cool-looking things that have come out of the Gorilla Collective, but also just too much to the point that we're like, just like, calm it down a bit, maybe, on the, the length of the showcase. Then the first big one of the non-E3 period happens on June the 9th, 5 a.m. Friday. That's a reasonable time, as far as I'm concerned, 5 a.m. That's probably the, that's the earliest I'll accept a, a showcase, 5 a.m. 
Summer Game Fest, Jeff Keighley. This is the first year that Summer Game Fest will be held live in the YouTube theater. So the third year of Summer Game Fest, first time a live show produced for for it. Mm. Ash, how are you feeling? And uh, do you think Jeff Keighley is going to put on a real special one this year? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty confident, you know. Uh, It will be interesting just because it will be interesting to see how it will be more like the Game Awards uh, except, you know, without those pesky awards in the way. Okay. Yep. Damn awards. <laughs> Damn celebration of the game. It, it'll just later. depend on how much of the the uh, stuff that he needs to put in there to make money is in there. Mm. You know? Pepsi ads. Which which no. se- kind of separates it from every other showcase that gets done this year. Yeah. yeah. Kieran, how are you feeling about it? Do you reckon this is going to be a good one? Um, I hope so. I don't know. Maybe I've lost a little faith... In, no, not lost a little faith in Jeff Keighley, but more like I have a bit of a bad taste in my mouth towards Jeff Keighley ever since the E3 stuff happening, like the the death of E3 and how he played out around that a little bit. I thought it was pretty um, distasteful. So, But I think overall it should be a good show. And I think it's interesting now that we have kind of this longer period that has established itself now of, of showcases instead of E3, which was the overload of everything happened within a couple of days. And, and we were up watching multiple showcases throughout a certain week. Now yeah. that things are spacing out and feeling more naturally paced across the better part of two months, um, I think is, is interesting and more of a positive that shows get more of a chance to have their own spotlight now and you can pick and choose a little bit easier what you want to watch and what you don't want to watch i mean unless you run a video game website (laughs) 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 uh yeah i'm keen for summer game first obviously it's what it's the the biggest one sort of coming up outside the xbox one which we'll get to in a second but yeah uh the spacing of news and stuff between this and then um, opening night live, and then he's still got some of um, obviously the game award show. It'll, it'll just be interesting to see how Jeff's able to balance out all the the partnerships with people and announcements and all that sort of stuff. Uh, straight following that show, you're going to have Dave Debs. This is usually pretty good. A long look at several uh, usually really cool indie games and like mm-hmm. a like a ten minute bit, 10, 15 minute deep dive on a lot of them. Usually is how this plays out with sort of good interviews and just cameras and face like just very chill chit chit chat about them which is good um tim schaefer obviously hosts it usually double fine and i'm a bit of the presenters of the show so that's usually one worth sticking around for or coming back later if you've got to go to work or something uh wholesome direct is happening on june 11th at 2 a.m ridiculous uh this show is <laughs> showcase will be around an hour features 70 games has been the word on the street so obviously the wholesome game uh thing started up i don't know like three years ago probably as well around the same yeah. time as you know as one of those covid showcases that yeah. um stick, stuck around which is you know it's a good positive out of the covid stuff is a lot more of these showcases happened and they're sticking around and getting um, more indie games get highlight and the wholesome direct obviously in case the name doesn't spell it out for you is a direct that focuses on games that are either wholesome and vibes, art style feels, usually games that don't feature, you know, heavy combat or if it does, it's very like anything playful stressful. and anything stressful. Yeah, yeah. So keen to see Let what me comes just out say, 70 games in an hour, that's too many games. 
That is a lot of games. There's a lot of games. You've got to think that like a good portion of those have to be in some kind of like highlight. Yeah, I was about to say, there's two hype reels and like there's 10 games yeah. in each. So there's 20 gone already. Yeah. It's, so. like, it's like, hey, this is out now, I guess maybe. Yeah. And that counts as a game. So technicalities, yeah. you know. That's crazy though. Who's playing all 70 of those games? No one. No there's got to be somebody. There has to be somebody. No, no one's playing all those. Absolutely has to be somebody who fucking smorgasbords. To kind of just has a bit of everything. Uh, future game show, June 11th. After that, 3 a.m. Um, in the Australian times, Melbourne times. Uh, so this one, uh, no more details on so far, but obviously this is this is the second future game show that's been put on this year. They did one earlier in the year. They've set up a proper channel for these things now. It's a it's a full sort of commitment from the games radar uh, Do team. You know going to host? No, I don't think they've said. It might be the same people. I can't remember. Um, but we will find out, I guess, as the date gets closer. But they have obviously previously had Nolan North and all this stuff. I think the last Rose. time it was the girl who voices Aerith and the guy who voices Zach or something like Cody that. Cody Christian and Brianna White. Yeah. So maybe they're back. Don't know. Uh, then we got Xbox Games Showcase, June 12th at fucking 3 a.m. This is the problem one. This is the one where I go, I have to watch that, <laughs> but it's at 3 a.m. So what are we doing, Karen? Are you getting up? It depends. <laughs> it depends on my actual work day because I've been starting work at like 6 yeah. o'clock for the last couple of weeks and I would not be able to... Fuck, if I, if I got up for this, I'd probably have to like just stay up and just fucking... Yeah, push through the entire day. I don't know. I probably not personally. I probably wake up and, and see the highlights on Twitter and stuff, and then just watch it at some point. I think I'm just at that point in my life at the moment. <laughs> you can watch it though. Yeah, I'm, Xbox this year. I, I don't Got know about faith keen, in Xbox right? announcements. Yeah, I don't know if keen is the right word. I am morbidly hopeful or pessimistically <laughs> hopeful. Like I am like. You guys have shit the bed so badly, Xbox. You need to like. You need to do something. Something has to happen. What, what do What do they do to turn you around in this showcase? What's the bare minimum of the ten? They have to have a fucking massive piece of Starfield. Starfield well, has they will. to. Have, well, they won't in the showcase. They won't in the showcase because I hate to break it. There's a Starfield direct directly following this. There is, but like, okay, so happening in this period has to be even if there's no even if there is a Starfield direct. There has to be Starfield in the show still. Maybe a, it, maybe a CG trailer. Like a, a story trailer story or trailers. something. Yeah. Like there needs to be something because holy shit, Xbox's future rests on Starfield and that's a really fucking scary Ooh. place to be. I think for a large part of it, it is in terms of Xbox's position in the, the gaming community and also Xbox's position in terms of releases i think their reputation is on the line with Starfield. yes yes a hundred percent um i think with how poor this is the last draw people will have with their first party stuff yeah it, yep yeah. yep and especially when i think we're at the point now where you go as an xbox as a either an owner of an xbox you keep looking and for years you've looked over at playstation and all these amazing first party experiences and, you know, you keep having hope and, like, you know, fucking um, 
I wanted to call it Bloodborne. It's not Bloodborne. It's Redfall. Redfall? I wish it was Bloodfall. Bloodborne. Um, <laughs> Redfall. Redfall Blood comes fall. out, and it was like the it was like the hope of okay, this year is going to be different. We've already had Hi-Fi Rush. We're now going to go into an actual AAA that is an Xbox first party studio, and we're going to hit the ground running with this, and we're going to get more games, like smaller games installments throughout the year, and then we get in Starfield. And then Redfall comes out, and it is a big old pile of poo. Um, it's, it's yeah, there is, there needs to be a lot. Fuck, if this, ex- you know, I actually know, this will be the one that will make me lose my fucking mind. If there is a no Hellblade or no mention of Hellblade throughout this entire fucking Xbox showcase, I will rip my fucking hair out of it. I'm like, literally, that game was supposed to be your crown jewel for your launch of this console. Oh, Two years later, fucking well, nowhere no, to be they seen. They showed this game with the announcement of the Xbox. With one. the announcement. The like, it was kind of like the... everybody Xbox Series X, it. and then Jeff Keighley went, hey, check out this game that's coming. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I just, yeah... We just need to see something like Xbox just needs both quality and substance. Now it's had substance for a little while in terms of the, the, well, not substance, probably more quantity with just things coming to game pass, but it now just starts needs to reach to PlayStation levels of not even PlayStation levels, fucking Nintendo levels of great. Like you just need to start bringing stuff out to that level at the moment for your game pass and then push it towards the triple A's that of, of, PlayStation eventually, but fuck me. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a good showcase, you know? One, because it needs to be, and two, because, you know, the Xbox showcases have been generally very good, you know? They'll give you what they need to give you. We're going to get the new latest things you can do in Sea of Thieves, the newest update to Grounded. Here's the na- craziest new DLC that's coming to Flight Simulator. Here's some Age of Vampires thing. And then there's a bunch of indies that we paid a bunch of money to to get them on exclusively on Game Pass. And then like one or two AAA things. And that'll be the showcase. <laughs> and then some celebrity will walk out. My bet this year, it's going to be female celebrity. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, is this for a sports game thing or? No, just did, you know. Just any celebrity, right? You know, they brought out Keanu. They got yeah. uh, Idris. Well, last year. He, they no, didn't yeah. bring out Keanu. Fucking Cyberpunk brought out Keanu on the show. Xbox conference. It was the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm keen. I um, if I think back on the lot, the one from last year, I remember really enjoying it and feeling positive about Xbox coming out of it. Um, Crazy feeling. So I, hopefully, they can trick me like that again. <laughs> just, you know. Maybe they can maybe they can make me feel good about Xbox for a, a couple of days. That'll be good. See how that goes. That'd be nice. I don't know. Just but, you uh, know what? Even if it's just a refill of the copium, man. Like I think everybody who wants Xbox to be good is just out of copium right now. Is out well, of good, copium. The good thing about this period, especially with all these showcases in this couple of weeks here, the, the main period, is even though we don't have E3, this whole period is just very good for. A, refilling your uh your your love of video games as a, as e3 always did you know you, you watch all these trailers you watch the events it just fills you with you know excitement for video games i feel 
Uh, Starfield Direct for directly following that. So whatever time the Xbox Game Showcase finishes, a Starfield Direct is happening. Um, that will presumably be a deep dive gameplay-wise, proper release date, that ain't going to be delayed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some crazy special edition, maybe? I don't know. Final Fantasy... Why? Don't know, because Final Fantasy 16 pre-launch celebrations happen on June 12th. Uh, this is at 8 a.m. Uh, I don't expect any major news out of this. Maybe a demo is the only thing they I would look, picture Square Enix doing. But these events are usually pretty fun. I remember watching the one for the last Final Fantasy game and whatever else. It's just, if you like Final Fantasy, these, they're, they're fun little launch events to watch. PC Gaming Show happens on June 12th uh, at 6, no, 6 a.m., yep. Uh, so the 55 games in total, 16 new game announcements are going to be here. Uh, some of the games confirmed to be here so far include Baldur's Gate 3, Dune Awakening, Frostpunk 2, Pax Die, and a brand new game by Klee Entertainment. So then some stuff, uh, some other stuff moving forward. We've got the Ubisoft Forward happening on June 12th. Uh, there is not a release date yet. Well, it'll be June 13th in Australia, actually, but uh, no time exactly for the Ubisoft Forge yet, but expect Assassin's Creed. Do you reckon Do you reckon they save Assassin's Creed for that or Assassin's Creed is at Xbox? Because I feel the Assassin's Creed will be at Xbox. Depends on how much money Xbox wants to give Ubisoft. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it maybe could be at Xbox, but they would still show it here. Yeah, like they would, but I don't think it'll be the first Well, which time Assassin's Creed? The, the, the one that's coming out about yeah, high yeah yeah the one where they're like bro we're going back to being stealthy games it's like yeah hey, remember this was yeah. going to be dlc and <laughs> now xbox i know they've got like <laughs> what 20 million assassin's Creed games in the work so yeah there's there's room for one for every showcase really that's true got to collect them all just fucking smash man. Nah, they've already done uh, like console exclusive fucking Assassin's Creed games with Assassin's Creed Rogue being released on the 360 and the PS3 and nowhere else originally. That didn't yep. go so well. So, you know, just. That was supposed to make people feel better because they didn't get the, the new version. The, the new one. Yeah. The, the proper Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Uh, Xbox Games Showcase Extended happens on June 14th at 3 a.m. This is what they usually do every year where they bunch the games that are the key highlights from the Xbox game showcase. We'll get deeper 10, 15 minute dives, potentially gameplay. These things usually get some of your key questions answered. Like you you may be like, Oh, this thing from that trailer, like, is that thing? And it may get answered in this. Um, nothing mind blowing reveal wise, but just like into the nitty gritty of details about games. So, uh, Devolver Digital is once again, having a showcase. They haven't said Oof. when it's happening, but it's happening. What's it going to be? Some fucking I don't know. The, the, How can the, they top last year? I say that what every craziness year, can they come out with? You say that every year, and then they they're like they just step it up again. Last year was the uh, Suda Fifty One robot, right? I think. Yes, yes. Cool. Crazy times. Uh, Upload VR is doing their showcase. Uh, no times or anything yet, but it's happening. Their VR showcase is usually the one to watch um, for cool game announcements. Honestly, better than the MetaQuest stuff. So. Then in August, we've got the THQ Nordic Digital Showcase. That's happening on August 11th. No times yet. Uh, I was very disappointed in last year's THQ Nordic Showcase. I think it was a big old wet fart. So we'll see what this year's is like, to be honest. And then the only other thing locked in so far is Gamescom Opening Night Live, August 23rd. No times yet. But of course, Jeff Keighley, the big uh, live thing from Gamescom in Germany. 
Uh, ones that we haven't seen, Nintendo. It's the big one left now after PlayStation announced, I guess. Um, and then some smaller ones, small indie ones still missing, including Kind of Funny, who have done one every year for the last couple of years. So. Uh, we shall see. I want to talk a little just quickly about Lego uh, solely because I did talk a bunch about it on Platinum Explosion last week and my thoughts haven't really changed between then and getting my full thoughts out in a review so I'm more on the negative side of this game by far I feel for the most of the reviews coming out so I gave it a 6.5 I said Lego 2k drivers from many popular arcade races ideas together and ask what works for the LEGO fan, this is going to scratch a specific itch. I don't think we need to see a Scotty Smash to fix this build, but to fulfill the desire of LEGO races young and old, some tweaks will be needed in a sequel. Um, that was a LEGO Masters reference there for the LEGO aficionados. So. The, this game is a very cool idea. It is an open world-ish, that's like three biomes, four technically, but I don't really... One's like a tutorial biome and it's small and then there's three main ones you race around you have little optional challenges collectibles you can create your own custom car the fucking car transforms as you go between boats and dirt tracks and and tarmac tracks and shit like that it looks cool the art style is fantastic but there's just so many like things that just stand out and as just weird things to me and the main one that bothers me about the game is just the I don't feel like it's the racing difficulty is just tuned in a way that makes sense to me at all. It's the enemy AI is terribly rubber banded in this game. So you'll, you'll be like going along in a super fast car, top acceleration. Then suddenly three or four cars just race past you for some reason. You're like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like it's just, it's super annoying. Um, I actually feel like it's going to be the, the problem is, I don't feel like the game's hard enough for people who want a challenging racer. It's just annoying that you constantly have cars on your ass, like, and you can't like get ahead of them. But then also, I don't feel like it's easy enough for kids to really enjoy it. So I'm not sure where the, the audience factor falls as far as the game. It's a bit weird. There's some, there's a bunch of microtransactions in here which are disgusting because it's a 2K game. Um, season pass stuff is fine. Microtransactions are weird. Um, and then I do feel like the, the side quest stuff is what kids are going to love the most because they're very random, like chase down like dolphins and like stop, uh, chase down another car, like in a cops or rubbers thing and you have to throw, missile them to get them and stuff. I feel like that's all the stuff the kids are going to probably love the most as well as just driving around the world. Uh, that's the stuff that the adult gamers are going to lo- like the least and they're just going to like the racing. But there's no way to sort of tune the game in a way or choose to sort of do one or another or like you're sort of forced to do stuff. And then the other really annoying thing is the game level, like it treats it like a fucking old school JRPG for some reason. And you have to like several times or you'll finish this last race. And I'm like, oh, cool. So you got to like level up now you know here's a random level you got to get to that level so then it makes you go around and do a bunch of side missions and like re-race tracks so you can level up there's no reason you need to level up like you don't unlock any new abilities or 
like an extra NOS level or, you know, like anything that would like mean anything. It's just, oh, okay, cool. Now you can do the next tracks. So it just like sort of prolongs the time of the game, uh, the, the amount of time you'll spend playing the game here. Because if you didn't have to do that shit, you could fly through the main story missions like pretty fast. Um, it just sort of tries to stretch it out for people who aren't interested in exploring the world and stuff. So th- I think there's just a few too many hidden tricks, I guess, behind the scenes here for, for me that sort of became more obvious the longer I played it. Because the first couple of hours playing it, I was like, this game's amazing. This is so much fun. And then the longer I played it, I was like, meh. I don't know. I feel like I've seen a few. I've seen behind the curtain a few more time, a few times here. So uh, that is Lego. But yes, if you look it up, I think I've seen all sorts of scores from. I think a lot of eights and stuff like that. So the claws are coming out. Ow. I've got horsepower. Giddy up. Karen, give me with your hit me with your. How's your like? How's the Zelda's going? Um, Zelda's doing really fun. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I've probably taken a very chill method of doing it. I did the first, I did the Rito um, village and like their story quest for the main story. Um, and then since then, Link has become a paper boy and a cartographer. And all I've done is followed around. There's a newspaper quest line that you can do where you become like you a, a journalist for a newspaper and it kind of takes you around the various stables in the... Um, in Hyrule and then at the same time I've just been grabbing all of the map um, Skyward Towers um, just so I can open the map and I feel like I'm having a lot of fun I'm enjoying it Um, the build mechanics are still very interesting and very fun and it's nice as you progress you get more bits and pieces to use Um, I think what's so beautiful about this game from I guess not just from me playing it but like seeing it around is the what it's brought out in the community like you know what I never I don't think Nintendo believed that it was going to get these fun little green leafy creatures were going to be consistently shit on and crucified by the community and put into amazingly torturous situations at all times I believe they're called Koroks. Koroks is definitely the I was thinking about it. I was going to say something else. I don't even know what I was going to call them, but Koroks. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I think it is... I think thanks to my time earlier in the year spent with Breath of the Wild, I'm finding this a lot more fun in terms of just exploration and, oh, I see something over there. Cool, I'm going to go check that out. Um, it's really helpful that... In one of the best, the biggest, I don't want to call it, uh, upgrades from Breath of the Wild, I think, is just how well they do the draw distance now in um, Tears of the Kingdom. Like, there's so much more details of the map kind of loaded into the world as you are far away that it's easy to pick stuff out that you want to go over and do something cool. Um, I spotted the ruins of the Temple of Time today from a very long far away, and I was like, I'm fucking going there straight away. Like, I want to explore and see what that's about because, you know, it's such a, a fun place for the initial and, and exploring the Great Plateau in this area that was so important in Breath of the Wild in terms of the opening area that so many people would have spent their, you know, their time in at the start of Breath of the Wild. Um I'm I'm having a lot of fun. I think one of my downsides of, of the game as I play it more is just it's a little sad that a lot of people don't recognize Link 
in terms of like there's no carryover from Breath of the Wild. There's there's some character a lot of characters do, but like there is um Beetle, the the bug seller that you see at every ta- every uh, horse or stables or in the go to. He doesn't recognize Link. He just treats Link like a fucking a normal person. And, and it's like, man, what, I wish there was a bit more back and forth. What if forth. he's just like super forgetful person or something? He might be, he's, but he's I bad. wish that was part of the character and they put it in the dialogue that he's super forgetful. Um, but no, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. There is so much to explore and so much to do. I have played around in the depths a little bit, but the depths for me so far has just been, oh, I found a chasm. I'm going to jump into it. I'll light whatever the run like dash through it and light the the beacon um down there and then i'll just bail and come back later um i think there's a lot more interesting armor sets this time around i think part of the reason i'm getting i'm doing the newspaper storyline other than the fact that it lets you explore the map very naturally and probably a little bit easier in the early parts but at the same time it gives you the frog cost armor set which lets you climb up walls while it's raining because there are so many times like today I spent a good extra like 10, 20 minutes because I was supposed to climb up a mountain and it started raining just as I started the quest. And it wasn't like I was like in the end used bits and pieces and halfway through, I remembered I had the ascend ability. It's the most forgettable, but it's like the best ability in the, like it's a really good, cool ability. Um, And yeah, no, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm enjoying my time. I am, there's so much natural exploration of this game that I'm just fucking loving as much like I enjoyed in breath of the wild, but I feel like I'm just a lot more prepared and open to it the whole time I've played this game so far. Cool. So I listened to last week's episode, obviously, and Kieran made fun of me for like made a joke about um, fucking Elden Ring and done all these things. So <laughs> I'm here to confirm. You haven't opened the game. I've seen you. I've seen you open the game a couple of times. It has popped up that Viva Vendil is online by Disney the Kingdom. I'm like, cool. So I have played the game. <laughs> <laughs> I've not played a lot of the oh. game because I've been playing other things. As you, Bloody as you did say yeah. in the fucking, yeah. oh, he'll be stopping to play other review games. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yes, that's exactly what's happened. Uh, I've only just got the Hyrule. I mean, no. So I've only just got the Hyrule Castle. I mean, so yeah. So I figured that's I, where you would be. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I I don't know how long you're supposed to spend in the like the opening. Section, I feel but, like it's the same as the Great Plateau in the original yeah. game. Was like I definitely probably, wasn't rushing. You, yeah, you can spend a lot of time up there doing. Spend a lot of time attacking, exploring. Built, touched too many rockets to a fucking bird thing and flew around for ages and then crushed it and build it up again and. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know. Just that's all it is. It's, it's yeah. it is about that, um, the the trial and error of building creations and like working out how those bird things um, work and um, using them to their best advantage, as well as everything else you have in Link's endless arsenal of items. I do. I'm really enjoying it. I definitely. If if I di- didn't, and I say didn't, because I do. There's an element of like. I do have to play other things. That's just the, the way the world. Um, but I'm. Re- this is just going to be an ongoing coming back to, to Zelda between everything else. Very much enjoying it. I never finished Breath of the Wild, so like I'm mm-hmm. I've, like coming in. Like obviously I've played Breath of the Wild. I never finished it though. Uh, coming into this one, I was a little bit scared. Like oh, I don't know, will it work for me if it doesn't? I love the way it opens, but then just doesn't reset anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So 
So like, I don't, I don't feel like you would have to have, at least so far, I don't feel like you would have had to have played all Breath no. of the Wild. I no. did watch a quick five minute before starting it, like a story video well, anyway. There's a lot, which I'm actually a tiny bit sad of. A lot of the stuff from Breath of the Wild has just kind of been erased and it doesn't, ever explain it in this game i think you're just trying to you're supposed to presume that like all the sheikah shrines just disappeared i'm guessing you're just supposed to presume that they just sunk into the ground the divine beasts are never mentioned ever again um and i guess you just presume that they all blew up or they went i think i read that they went away somewhere at the end of breath of the wild um there's a lot of stuff from the end of breath of the wild or from breath of the wild in general that's just kind of disappears and is no longer um referenced in this game which I, I find a little sad i do love how this game gives you all the abilities though i think that was like the coolest thing of though that first few hours however long you just you spend playing it it just gives you everything you need mm-hmm. in the rest of the game in your first few hours just doles them out to you over that the, that first couple of hours and then goes here's all your tools have fun bye like it's not like you're 10 15 hours into the game and then you're getting a send and whatever else it's just mm-hmm. Here, here's your entire with, toolbox. Same with Breath of the Wild Go. and how that worked. Basically, yeah. yeah. But I feel like the abilities in this game are way more advanced. <laughs> like They take a lot more. I think they're, they're, there's a lot more out-of-the-box thinking that is enabled by these abilities. Yeah. Um, I think the Breath of the Wild ones were simple, but like there was a lot of um, niche thinking you could use. This one's just fucking... Go at it. Use them however you see fit to all of them, yeah. you know? Use, I mean, use. there was an area where I was just trying to get up on this cliff and I was walking around for ages and it was under the ice thing or whatever and I couldn't figure out how to fucking get up there and I spent, no joke, probably 15, 20 minutes and I was getting, like, slightly annoyed because I'm like, how the fuck? Just had to use a send. <laughs> like, yep. it is so annoying. There's <laughs> so many like, people, I've seen so many people online or, like, on Twitter be like, bro, I got stuck in this well for like 15 minutes and I almost teleported out of there and then I realized that I could just ascend out of it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, I think ascend is, ascend's funny because I think ascend seems to be the most simplest ability. It's probably the one people think about the least, but I think it's the most useful in so many situations. Like there is... take you anywhere, so... Like, yeah, it's just a case of as long as you can work it out and I think in some ways it breaks the game. There are several... I know I saw someone on Twitter be like, I did like a huge thing of like climbing up the side of this mountain, this mountain tree thing or whatever, and built this huge contraption to get up there and then realized I could have just walked under the tree and used the set. Yep. (laughs) That was me. That was me last week as well with the the Rito um, quest line. Like it is, oh, I could have just ascended up this. I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out, okay, if I do this and then once I get this platform up to here, I rock it up and see if I can get the rest of the way with my rocket. It's like, nah, just ascend up it. it it's i wasted so many portable rockets on that i was so mad it's funny like and i've seen people say like i don't know if nintendo expected us to play the game this way they totally did i'm i'm of, i'm of the side of like the amount of stuff the amount of shrines people would break in breath of the wild and like cheese their way through using the mechanics in that game they knew people would do the same shit in this they don't try to stop you from doing anything they just go if you can figure out a way to cheese it that's part of the game. I don't. I. I honestly don't think they would care, and I think that's actually part of the experience. If you if you want to, I saw a video on Twitter this afternoon. Someone in a shrine where they just made like a bunch of ice, an ice staircase or some shit like that, and just got their way straight up to the 
to, to the top of the shrine and just skip the entire puzzle. I don't think that's cheating. I think that's the game. <laughs> like I, I just, yeah. It's totally out of the box thinking, but you do you. Let's talk about some news for this week. So let's start with this one, Kieran. Overwatch. Have you have you ever heard of a studio accidentally <laughs> falling into game of the year? And then be no. also be like, hey, even though this was game of the year and is critically acclaimed and everybody's fucking in love with this, we're not actually going to do this thing for much longer. We're going to prepare to transition it into an MMO later down the track. And just completely disregard the thing that made it so critically acclaimed and won it game of the fucking year. You seem angry, Ken. I'm fucking... Ah, oh, it's so fucking insane. For, do you want to explain for people who don't know what the fuck yeah, happened okay. here? Um, so a couple of stages happened this week in, in the world of Overwatch um, made by Activision Blizzard, Team 4. They originally came out and pretty much said to everybody in a dev Q&A, hey, everything we promised you in terms of the reason why we made this Overwatch 2, we're no longer doing. Talent trees, in-depth hero missions, more story-focused content, and and deeper kind of um, enriched single-player content. Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to pull back on that. Um, and everybody was pissed. Everybody was pissed and was just so frustrated that because Overwatch fans have been told that the last two to three years of Overwatch 1's life cycle was dead in the water because they were putting all of their effort into making this story stuff for and PVE stuff for Overwatch 2. So the devs now come out and say, hey, all that, you know, all that bad time you went through and we told you it was going to be better now, even though it kind of is better in terms of our PvP a little bit, it, it, we're not doing that anymore. We're, we're now kind of lessening off and backing off on that. And everybody was fucking pissed. And then... Uh, a couple more days later, and the game's director, uh, uh, Aaron Keller, um, released a, a blog post that was an apology post, pretty much. It was a, hey, we fucked up. And it talks about the whole the whole process of Overwatch 1. And that when Overwatch... And for many people who don't know that, Overwatch started out as a, as a project called Project Titan, and it was supposed to be a new MMO. And out of this new MMO called Project Titan, Overwatch 1 was created. And apparently what Aaron has um, kind of outlined in this blog is that the first-person shooter of Overwatch was supposed to stay in Overwatch 1, and then they were going to transition the whole world, the IP and everything into an MMO. So the moment Overwatch was out and it was started to get accolades, majority of the team started working on PvE content and MMO content for the game to go forward with. And they kind of just, even though they were, you know, as I historically said, even though the game won Game of the Year and it was so successful and there were so many people... Um, we're excited for it and live service games were coming out and they were making a fucking butt ton of money from loot boxes and the whole gaming industry was changing around things like Fortnite. The team at Blizzard continued to say, no, we're making this an MMO. We don't care. We're making this an MMO. We're making this a story-driven game. 
and they pretty much stopped caring about PvP. Eighty percent of their team went and worked on the um, went and worked on the PVE stuff and the story modes and the talent trees and everything that was promised for Overwatch Two. And it was said that the whole end game of Overwatch was always going to be an MMO. They were never going to keep it as this PvP competitive shooter. It was always going to be an MMO, and you kind of as a overwatch fan and then somebody who who loves the game you look back at it and you go well fuck the developer didn't even give a fuck about the thing that you love this game for about this thing that created communities that generated entire fucking professional esport t- uh, league around all this stuff that they did with overwatch was a fucking mistake in their eyes realistically because they accidentally fell into it in so many ways. So yes, it was a little bit more complicated than that, and it does take passionate members of that team to create the game that we had and the game that everybody was loving. But from the the bigger picture, the grander scheme of things, it was a mistake, and it was never what Overwatch was supposed to be down the line. And now you've got a point where Overwatch 2 is this you know, it, you it, the whole community now knows Overwatch 2 should never have just been Overwatch 2. It should have just over, updated Overwatch 1. It should never have been this thing that they promised. All the the hope that the players were given, you know, even for the last couple months where things haven't been perfect in Overwatch, so many content creators, so many fans have come out and been like, well, we're okay. PvP's on the way. Uh, PvE's on the way. We've got story modes on the way. We're excited for the skill trees. And they've just come and pulled that out from under everybody. Um... Here's my question. What is the point of Overwatch 2? There isn't a point of Overwatch 2 anymore. <laughs> like, like in, in terms of, like, uh, I guess, in, and this is where, for me... They took, they took away a character. They took away a... They made it a 3v3 instead of 4v4. Uh, 5v5 instead of 4v3. Which, which is, honestly, a, was a good decision for the game. Yeah, but that's the only difference now, right? That is the only difference now, yes. There okay, is... Cool. Other than that, like everything that they've done in Overwatch 2, they could have just done in a in a a patch, a patch update or something. Yeah. Update to Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. It it is it's it's frustrating and at the time it was like, well, we need to do all this new stuff, all this PvE stuff, so we're gonna repackage it as Overwatch um two. We're gonna we're gonna make it free to play. And yeah, now now they've got the situation where the game is in a really weird spot the overwatch league is dying a very slow and painful death where its viewership is at an all-time low um there is you know teams have just stopped um participating there is legal action going from the teams of the league being like hey blizzard you guys promised us promised us and sold us on this and you said these things were going to be fulfilled they've never been fulfilled um uh, Overwatch is a whole thing. I think is 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 dead, and, and will take a lot of work from the team at Blizzard and Team Four to make it go back to what it should be, or create something even better out of it. Ash, do you have any thoughts on Overwatch Two's news? I don't, I, I don't understand why people are so angry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they haven't paid for this game. You know. But Are you at a net negative to where you were before this game came out? If you had invested your time into something and you've loved something and you have 
being excited for things that you were promised by a game developer very openly and like mm. was like its big showcase thing when it was first announced. Like if you go back in, to 2019 when the game was first announced, Jeff Scatman's speech at BlizzCon was all about PVE and skill trees and dynamic hero missions and everything. And and the thing that you've built your community on and two to three years of no content where players were playing the game still and they've moved over to watch two people have spent money on the game again. People are kind of putting, yeah, pouring a lot of money and time into the game and then developers have come out and said, all that stuff we sold you on, it just, it doesn't exist. It's not going to exist. We're not doing that anymore. Is it better for it not to be released to the public than be shit? I think... (sighs) I'd rather it be shit. <laughs> really? I I would rather it be shit because at least they followed through with what they said they were going to do. At least you tried your best. <laughs> at least they, at least they, they tried that to is, fulfill. Oh, man, that's such a weird sentiment. Like, <laughs> you know? Well, I don't know. I think it's different with... You know what? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. I'm trying to word it. I'm trying to think of it. So last year, they went, "Hey guys, we know that Overwatch One has been a bit of a has has come to a standstill in terms of progress instead of community. So what we're going to do is we're going to pull apart your PvP and your PVE, and we're going to give you the PvP now, and then next year we're going to start releasing PVE content for you. And at that point, you know." All of this stuff was still being, you know, was still being touted that there's going to be hero missions, that there's going to be skill trees. Not so much the developers saying that, but they've never mentioned that there was going to be any changes to it. And they've sold people on Overwatch 2 when people have jumped back into Overwatch 2 and come back to it. And it's its player base is bigger than it ever has been. And... Got him. And now it's, <laughs> hey, low jokes. I mean, low jokes, you're not getting all that stuff we were promising you and telling you was going to be there. Yeah, but you haven't lost anything other than that one player slot. <laughs> but it's not so much about losing something though, right? Like it's 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 if you were promised something by somebody mm. or used that it was used as a thing to sell you on being a part of the community, investing in the game and playing your time into the game. So is in your mind people's time investment is not is is nothing is is nothing of value to people no i don't but did you did you have fun during that time or was it like i'm just playing this game because i know this thing's coming down the line i still i i, I literally hate this game but this this i think there's a good portion of on the, the horizon that was yes i think there was a good portion of the community that yes was very much like that me personally i had fun and i've enjoyed it and overwatch competitively but i'm now being told that hey the thing you love about this game didn't actually matter to us the game developer and the reason i have poured thousands of dollars into it did matter to them they just were (laughs) unable to bring it to a level that they thought was no 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 no, no. the pvp side of it didn't matter to them i I think you're like (laughs) very much like Focused on the other thing and probably... I'm sure the PvP stuff did matter to them. They moved eight... Literally, it says this in the developer's blog. 
they moved 80% of their team to work on PvE stuff. Yeah, because they needed that help. Years <laughs> ago, like two to three years ago. I mean, the game was, Overwatch 1 was done. What? What do you mean by done? It was a live service game. There's no such thing as done. Yeah, but you don't need 100% of your studio working on the live service game. Do you think, right, would that period of that two to three years that Overwatch was was didn't get any content, no new heroes, got nothing, would that have happened if all of their team was working on it and just working on Overwatch 1 as this is the thing we need to focus on? Probably, but I, I suspect there would have been a bunch of cutoffs, <laughs> a bunch of layoffs. Why would time. there be a bunch of layoffs? They weren't making money. You can't out of sustain it on, on what, no, but they a, can though because they no. sustained. They sustained the development. This is Activision Blizzard. We're talking no, about. No, don't here. even. No, 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 no. They sustained the development of Overwatch Two by Overwatch One with twenty because they thought it was going to be a massive cash cow. Overwatch Which One was a massive cash cow. A bigger cash cow. It didn't. It didn't have to be a separate cash cow. It could have just been the same cash cow. <laughs> Again, we're talking about Activision Blizzard, so I know, but it's like it's like they could have just been like, "Hey, bro, guys, Overwatch One is now a free to play. We're dropping battle passes. We're going down from six v six to five v five. We are putting in." What all difference this does it make if it's that or it's a new, new? Because the thing, thing that they used to a new application, the thing that they used to make it Overwatch Two was that there was going to be all this PVE stuff and all of this like other stuff added into the game. That is no longer being added into the game anymore. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> it's fucking hysterical. Like, like from an outside perspective, it's a fucking joke. Yeah, from my perspective, I'm just like, lol, that's funny. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a little heartbreaking for me. I was like, I don't understand this game anymore. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> I mean, do you think the studio should have not followed their creative inspirations and just stuck to the thing that was financially, corporately? sensible I think it's arrogant of them to to say that hey even though this PvP shooter that we've made has won game of the year and won awards and people fucking love and are constantly playing we're going to tell those people that no an MM, we're going to take the point of view of no an MMO will work better than this game we're going to work on that instead I think that's really arrogant from a developer and from a game direction. I think it's funny. <laughs> Do you know? I just think it's interesting. Yeah. Certainly interesting. All right, let's move on. Mortal Kombat 1 revealed this week. Official announcement trailer. Um, I don't know what the fuck is really going on. Um, it been Mortal Kombat 1 marks the beginning of it off for the franchise. We couldn't be more excited to share this original storyline and fresh take of the classic characters for the fans. We're also introducing our cameo fighter system, which brings a unique roster of partner characters into the mix. And we're looking forward to sh- showing this feature as well as more elements of the game very soon. Uh, the release trailer or the reveal trailer, very fucking beautiful cinematic that features some intense violence of kills at the end. It was, pre- it was pretty sick. Yep. Um, but as someone who doesn't really know shit about Mortal Kombat other than you know, the main get up. Uh, I don't know. Who knows something here? I'm excited. This is cool. Because if you don't know much about Mortal Kombat, all I'll say is 
the Mortal Kombat storyline had got to the point of Fast and Furious levels of fucking stupidness. I mean, like that was that's the point where it was like it was yeah. insane in terms of okay, this character's died, but they've come back here, and also this character is the same name as this character, but they were really this person that's taken on this. This person's been brought back to the dead and is now evil. Blah 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 blah. This is now, hey, we're just going back to the start. We're just we're just starting again. I saw a comment that was like, "Oh, I was expecting people's costumes to be more extravagant," and I'm like, "No, this is awesome that their costumes aren't as extravagant because it's just pulling it back and it's going back to the well, basis for more last, combat." Last week you were excited about the potential of a reboot. So, considering it's now confirmed, it's a reboot, right? Like, yes, it's it is a reboot, but also it's a continuation. It's Star Trek. what I understand. Yes, it's Star Trek, 100%. No, it is the same thing they did with Star Trek. And I, I'm excited for it. I'm interested. They've definitely changed a lot around, considering that Liu Kang is now a godlike being, or he looks like yep. he is the current Raiden instead of Raiden for Earth. Like, he seems to be the protector for Earth now as Liu Kang, which I think is very interesting. Um, I think the range of characters that they did show is is very much the core basis of the original Mortal Kombat. Um, I, I'm excited. I think the the creativity they've had around the gore, like, yes, they were over the top and it was fucking gory as shit and it was intense, but I just love the creativeness around it. I loved the the different variations of um, the, the the kills. Like, it, it's it's so much fun. Um, I'm really excited. I, I think this. I hope that this has a great campaign and, and it, it's a really cool basis and foundation for a reboot and a re- restarting for the Mortal Kombat series going forward. Ash, like I'm intrigued. Though, I, you know, I mean, maybe I'll go back and like watch a video of like the last couple of storylines <laughs> just to see. They're fucking nuts. They just are just the craziest. Because I, I really enjoyed like Injustice. I think those are really fun games, and obviously they're bringing elements of that, especially with the Injustice Two like gear system. I believe that was in uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven, so I suspect that's a thing because I've got some sort of currency thing uh, in this one as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see what these assist fighters are, because uh, the rumors going around is that you'll be able to play as. Uh, Omni Man and uh, Peacemaker and mm-hmm. uh, Homelander. Yes, like yeah. in the game. Yep. So they're going to be these assist fighters. Or are they going to be actual fighters? Fighters. And that's the thing. I think that is maybe a bit of the um, apprehension around this from fans of the community that are like, oh, I really hope that some of our favorite characters don't get locked away behind these assist fighting roles. And yeah, these, like these the people characters. with the Smash characters. Yes. Sprites. Yeah. What Sprites. Yeah. Yeah. Spirits. Spirits. Yeah. 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 Cool trailer. I got nothing else to say. Uh, the- also, excited. Mortal Kombat 2 filming here in Queensland. There you go. Go be an extra. Also, I'll ask. Okay. There you go. I can uh, die. <laughs> I can be, I'm willing to be fatalized. Fatalitied? Yeah. Maybe that's Fatalities. Yeah. That's a verb. Uh, this week, Asus officially announced that the Asus ROG Ally, Ally would arrive in Australia uh, in a couple Hold of weeks. Up. Is it Asus or Azus? Look, Jif or Jiffy? Fair enough. The Asus 
tears at the tear, the Asus ROG ally. <laughs> GIF. 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 Picture console system. Will a release on June 13th in Australia and New Zealand costing 1299 Australian dollars or 1499 New Zealand dollars? Um, for people who don't know, this thing's basically the Steam Deck competitor or the, like the first one to come out post-Steam Deck to be an obvious, like, hey, we want to be a Steam Deck competitor. Specs-wise, it is considered... Well, it's not considered. Specs-wise, it is more powerful than the Steam Deck. The question has been... And for, for also... I said Australian release date. It also is still having a worldwide release date. Like it's not like we're getting it like ages away. It's just it's everyone's getting it. Cool, great. Um, spec specs wise, it is stronger than the Steam Deck. Um, the big change between this and Steam Deck is a Steam Deck is not available in Australia without doing some like you know different hoops you have to jump through to get one to Australia. You can definitely get one to Australia, and people have. Um, check out the review Jacob put up on you know, explosion.com for us. But he went through a million hoops and details how he did that on um, yep. in his article. So it's possible, but it's the first official release one. Uh, and it's more powerful. The other major difference is that this thing just runs, it's just a mini PC. It runs Windows 11 and you can install Steam. You can install Xbox Game Pass. You can install EA Play. You can do, you can install whatever store. you want yeah. yep, and just play shit. The Steam Deck just runs Steam. It's Steam. You can technically get it to do the Xbox Game Pass and all these things, but you do have to like boot do up work. into Linux and yeah, you've got to do work basically. Whereas this is a mini PC in your hands, um, you can play it. As someone who's been excited and like said since the release that our, the idea of a Steam Deck was exciting to me to be able to play some of these smaller indie games on the go, lay in bed, all that sort of thing. Um, this getting official release date, I was like, maybe that's the one. Uh, and lo and behold, I made the decision. This is the one. So I've got a pre-order down Ooh. for this thing. I'm Ooh. pretty keen to get it's hands gonna on. sit on the shelf right next to the... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, 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 no. I have more faith in this. I have more faith in this than anything else he's <laughs> Like, I, I have actual I was about to say, my, my key question coming into this new story was, Kieran, do you approve of my purchase? <laughs> I do, actually. No, 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 I do. I think um, uh, I appreciate and have always respected how much love you give to indie games and how much work and effort you put into indie games, not just for the side, but for your own love of video gaming. So I think you being able to play in more comfort or in more yeah. of a, a setting that is more suitable for yourself, I think is, is fantastic. And, I, and I'm excited for you to, to get that opportunity and that chance to do so. So that's what no, this, this should be. Indie machine, basically. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Play all those be... Nintendo Switch games. Yeah, a couple yep. months it, it before they come be out. Like That's right. <laughs> the temperature um, should like uh, settings for your for the Rogue should be like, hey, you get real hot anytime that there is like a Steam Next Fest or like any all indie right. developer download convention. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I, I would expect that to be right. Yeah. What do you what do you think of this thing? The the specs, the general reaction you've seen from people who got hands on, uh, people I think playing this is it at very the moment. Positive. I would yeah. be interested to see what this reaction would be if the Steam Deck was readily available here already. Mm. Like if I think I think this is capitalizing on the fact that the Steam Deck is few and far between. Yeah, but smart, that's smart business. Very smart business. Yes. No, I think from a, a from a from that perspective, I think um, Asus, Asus, um, like they have done a fantastic job of getting it into the market quickly and getting Australian consumers' hands on it as soon as possible. Um, the fact that you could go into your your store of your choosing and pre-order these 
you know, I think is fantastic. Limited one per customer via JB Hi-Fi yes. or directly through the Asus Asus website. The two places you can pre-order. That's yes. It. Yeah. So I think it's, um, yeah, no, I think they've done a great job and I think this is a, a great move for, for Australia, I guess, for uh, gamers. I know you're not going to get one, Ash, but, no. but what are your thoughts on the console and everything? I mean, yeah, it looks looks like it's uh, very promising. I guess that it'll just come down to how good the UI and that kind of stuff runs. Um, I wish it was in another color. Is it only in black? Uh, only in white? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Maybe down the line. In America, they have multiple SKUs. We're only getting the one release at the moment, which is something else I think is quite interesting because it just makes me feel like they were able to make more of this one and then they just decided, like, yeah. instead of waiting to have all the SKUs for Australia, they're like, fuck it, let's just launch one SKU and just go for it to beat the Steam Deck, um, which I still think is smart because the SKU they're launching with is just the high-tiered one. It's got the the Z1 Extreme processor in it, which is the highest you can get, and it's got the 512 SSD, and it's the highest model they're selling. So there are SKUs with lower graphics power and lower SSD. They're just launching in Australia, like, here's the top tier one. So yeah. I think that's smart. See how it goes. I'm keen to get hands-on in a couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I, I, can, I can definitely see myself, like, A, playing it around the house, just being able to lay down and stuff like that, but also if there's some of those indie games, or even, like, even when that Steam Next Fest shit was on the other week and there was a bunch of demos, I could have been playing some of those on my lunch break at work. You know, like it's stuff like that where I'm like, fucking, how cool would that be? You know? Because it's, yeah. it's basically, this is a gaming laptop, but a console. But that also means I'm not taking a fucking gaming laptop in my bag to work, but I'll happily put this in my bag and go to work. You know, <laughs> like that's the, uh, sorry. The yeah. Battery life is the thing I'm going to be most... Uh, I don't expect great things. It says 40 hours in your article, but... No, that's wrong. It ain't you mean something fun. posted on explosion.com is wrong? Never heard of it. Um, the There's no way it's going to be 40 hours. He's gone, Leo. Whoever has Sensei is clearly powerful. We're going to come get you, Sensei, wherever you are. Splinter is missing. Let's go get our dad. The brothers are under attack. Your family is doomed, is it? Right, so a couple weeks ago, before I took last week off, because I forgot it was Mother's Day, um, the... <laughs> <laughs> Nice, yeah. Uh, I did tease that I'd start playing that t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Splintered Fate game. All right, so let me talk a little bit about this because I have been also playing this uh, still on and off between things. So my story of this game is it launches. Like we Apple Arcade's like, hey, we're, we're putting out a bunch of new games. Look for a list. And there's a there's one you watch a trailer. And I'm like, of course, the reaction to watching any gameplay footage of this game is, hey, that's Hades, but Turtles, <laughs> which is the game. That's the game. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but Hades. Um, I started playing it on my phone with the touch controls and went, well, this is not a game that you play on your phone at all. This is definitely not the way it's designed, which is where I sort of get into my big, biggest hiccup with this game. It's cool that you could technically hook up an Xbox or PlayStation controller or, or fucking the DO or any system. Bluetooth controller mm-hmm. to, your, to your phone and play if you want. Uh, you're much better off, obviously, playing this on an iPad Pro, which has a much better processor in it, or an Apple TV 4K, which has a better processor in it. So I've been playing it on my TV with an Xbox controller hooked up via that. It plays great. Like, there's no problem with it. The gameplay itself is fine. It's heavily inspired by Hades. It's nowhere near as good as Hades, which is, again, fine. I'm not expecting everything to be... If it was Hades, that would be fucking miraculous. But 
basically what you do is you start every run, you're down in the sewers, uh, you will defeat a room of enemies, it drops a random sort of uh, turtle power picky thing, you pick, get to pick up one of three things, similar to Hades, where you get to ch- sort of build your run as you go. Um, eventually you'll die, of course, because it's a roguelike. Uh, you go back to the start, you can then upgrade uh, your character to have more health, more attack power, unlock different abilities, you know, this sort of thing. So obviously you get stronger and stronger every time you die. It's 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 this straightforward sort of stuff, except for turtles. Um, it plays fine, but I just, it's so obviously a game that's meant to be played with control. It's just very weird that a lot of people are still, it's only available on Apple Arcade. I'm like, this will definitely get ported at some stage to, this is definitely going to pop up on, if not console, like PlayStation. It's de- I can definitely see this popping up on Switch or some shit down the line. Because uh, the other major annoyance with the game is if you're playing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, game, what do you want to do? You want to play co-op, right? You want to play with at least a couple of the other turtles. You want to play all together. Can you do that in this game? Yes. Yes, you can. But you know what you need? You need to have friends that have Apple Arcade. <laughs> and guess what, motherfuckers? That I do not. <laughs> so, so I've not tried co-op at all. Uh, there's no way to play it of cross-play with other platforms because the game's only available on Apple Arcade. It's not on Samsung or anything like that. So it's it's just the only way to play it. So and co-op is, I think, their sort of pushed way to play. So they're like, you know, because turtles work together. <laughs> sort of how you play it. But um, I definitely could see it coming to Switch and play it that way. But um, yeah, at the moment, it's it's a it's Hades light. It's nowhere near as deep as Hades, which is, again, fine. But if you like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you like roguelikes and games like Hades, this will scratch a certain itch. And hopefully it does come to other platforms because I think being able to play this with other people would be really, really cool. I will say, though, if you have an Apple device, um, fucking check it out. Just do not play with the touch controls because it's just very, it's just not, it's not the way to, you can play it, sure. But even if you've only got a, a, an iPhone and you don't have the Apple TV or the iPad, just sit that sucker up on on your, t- your table there, whip out a any controller that you own for any other console apart from... Actually, I don't know. Maybe Pro Controls work as well. I actually don't know. But uh, grab an Xbox or a PlayStation controller, hook that bad boy up and and play some Ninja Turtles. So. I know Ash is definitely jealous. You, you have to be jealous you can't play this, right? Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. Yeah, I see. I know, I know you wish you, you, you hear Hades, you hear Ninja Turtles, you're like, yeah, oh, I want in on that shit. So understandably, um, I've yet to beat it. I've got up to, so obviously spoilers, the last boss is obviously Shredder, but yeah, I haven't beat <gasps> Shredder. So um, it's, the game is definitely built in a, which is fine, but it's just, there, there are some things that are annoying, like the amount of health you get back is very fucking low from pizzas and that just sort of annoys me from a narrative point of view because i'm like the turtles would always get a fuck ton of health back from pizzas and you're, you're like nerfing them out they get from eating a pizza and i have to upgrade an ability to be able to get more health back from pizzas yeah i know isn't it's a roguelike like a normal isn't that just like a normal roguelike mechanic though that's a normal roguelike mechanic but it just annoys me that it happens to be pizza it's just, <laughs> like, it's just breaking the law you know it's just yeah, it's, not, breaking, it's breaking the law in my yeah. fucking head is what it's doing so uh, but that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Splintered, Fate. Um, it's been a crazy week where I'd like, like I'm switching between playing games on my Switch, my um, 
PlayStation 5. I'm playing something for review at the moment as well. And then I'm playing this game on my Apple TV. I'm like, man. And then I'll play Snap on my phone. I'm like, gaming's good at the moment. I just play games wherever. They're all over the place. <laughs> and then I've ordered this handheld PC. I'm like, man, there's so many ways to play. Ways to enjoy video games these days. What a, what a crazy time to be alive. Uh, last thing I was going to talk about this week is you've started playing some Humanity. How's that going? Yes. So Humanity, the new game from THA Limited or Enhanced Publishing um, from the people who brought you Tetris Effect and what was the last game? <laughs> um, All that. Res in- Infinite? Res. Stuff, yeah. Res Infinite and that kind of stuff. Uh, so you play as a dog making people walk towards the light. <laughs> Killing kill people. No, so it's like a through. How do I describe it? Like a three D like platforming. Right? It's a three D platforming Lemmings s game. We play as a little Shiba who uh, has to instruct people what how to move because they're humans and they just go with the flow and they just don't you know pay attention Typical. or anything. Uh, and you have to get them to move towards this light that will take them to uh, the gathering. I think is what it's called. Um, it's very simple idea. And a lot of the mechanics are very simple. It's like you can you eventually get like different instructions you can get tell people to do, like jump, or uh, jump hot longer, or jump higher, <laughs> and you kind of string all those uh, instructions together until you get uh, the humans to the door. You also have to pick up these uh, gold characters that are spread out amongst the level and get them to the door as well safely. Is that uh, optional, that, course, or is that just you have that's. To. Optional, but you need to get a certain amount of them to unlock right, okay. the the last level. They're like the, keys. The, yeah, pretty much. Key people. Uh, but yeah, really zen. Um, I think you know a lot. Of, some of the puzzles are quite tricky, and like uh, there's somewhat that are kind of time based and like or order based. Like you need to uh, push push a certain thing out of the way a certain way, uh, or it needs to land on a certain platform so you can. Get them to jump, people to jump certain amount, at certain distances because they can only fall so far before they kill themselves. All the humans, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think it, it's very zen. It's got a really cool art style. How's the music? Um, music is very, you know, very zen. You know, yeah. enjoyable. Zone out. Is what, it zen if the puzzles are slightly like hard? It's not like frustrating. It's just you just zen. You just zone out. Mm, not for me, anyway. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Because I'm like, oh, I can. I'm pretty sure I can figure this out. It's like nothing is like so far has been like I don't Super know what fuck I'm doing. Okay. I don't know how to fix this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like oh, that puzzle needs to be done this way. Yeah. So I just reset and then go again and yeah, yeah. you know. And also when they res- you can reset and you clear all the instructions that you've set out, mm. or you can reset and like keep the ones that you've got there. So it's kind of like partially solved. Mm. Uh, and you can also unlock the ability to fast forward, so you can fast forward the humans through, through to your instructions to where you were and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I've just been playing through like the story trials and uh, that kind of stuff. But the, from what I've read, there is a crazy like character, uh, like level creator that there is have, a, well, yeah. that people were doing during like the demo and that kind of stuff. Um, so there is like almost an infinite amount of content <laughs> for you to play through uh, of people's crazy puzzles. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying yeah. it. So, yeah, definitely on my list of things I need to get to at some stage this year. <laughs> this year, it's a 
give my, myself yeah. a longer time frame. Because I also just remembered, not only will I be able to talk about one thing I've been playing next week, because the bug will be up, but I just remembered there's something else I've been playing on PC I could talk about next week. So fucking shit just flying out everywhere. Um, talking about Lucky next there's week. no big news to talk about. <laughs> yes. So next week, I want to do predictions. Karen. Next week, we'll be doing predictions. <laughs> just specifically saying to Karen. Yes. Because- so I'll be um, writing them down as we start the podcast. That's yep, fine. that's. I'm just giving you a no, nice no, that's cool. that's notice. Cool. As much of the lead time as yeah, possible. as much as lead time as possible. So the way I want to do it is for all of June. For not every June. every every con in every event in June um, is try- eligible for p- predictions. What? Eligible for predictions, right? You must ah. So, uh, so I don't have to do no. You don't have all. to do every single show. I was going to say I was like, there are so that. many no. I don't care about. Um, no, fine, that's fine. You, it's just because I, I I would hate to you predict something and it happens at the Xbox show, not the Ubisoft or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm just going to go all of June. If you want to say what specific place it happens, if that's right, it's a bonus half point. So if you get it right, it's a point. If it happens at the place you say it happens, it's a bonus half. Point. Right. So you can double down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But there's no reason not to say. You're not going to lose a point if you don't. So you might as well say where you think it's going to happen. Every yeah. Time. yeah. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So we'll do that. Um, I'm, I don't know how many we'll do. I'll think about it and let you know later. But next week, yes, we'll be talking about our predictions. Uh, me and Ash will be talking about our predictions for the PlayStation Showcase on this upcoming Wednesday episode of Platinum Explosion. So if you want to hear us talk about that, I've got my list somewhere I've done um, for that. I've done that already. Um, so we'll be talking about that. Lots of prediction episodes coming up <laughs> uh, to talk about. And then, yeah, we've got a few things I know uh, that I've been playing to talk about next week that should be exciting as well. So, yes, until next week, thank you for listening very much to the show. Also, we're doing Platt straight off, well, the night right. of the showcase as well. We should so be doing, just... yeah, that night, the showcase, uh, Thursday night. So it'll be up Friday morning for you to listen to, I guess. Uh, explosionhour.com slash twitter follow us on twitter explosionhour.com slash discord follow us on the discords and come chat over there if you like the website and all the podcasts you can support us by heading over to explosionhour.com slash support and until next week I forgot to mention one thing about humanity there's the option to watch the solution video okay they've got a video set for every single level that you can just watch the solution easy plat possibly fuck yeah see you here same time next week bye but knowing you, you like can't do it when you actually even watch the thing. Like, fuck, I still. <laughs>